0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Health Care at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.
2: Is No Credentials Required covering sports around the mighty 518 part of the Billy up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media? Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy.
3: Good evening, everyone, especially if if you're a New York Jets fan. Welcome to this special edition of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. My name is Ryan McCarthy, I am one of your co-hosts tonight is a special night for Jets fans everywhere because you're going to hear me react to yesterday's huge monumental very big win over the Cleveland Browns and if you're a Cleveland Browns fan um, I make no apologies <laughs> this was your own fault for painting an elf in the middle and on your 50 yard line this is your fault which I think is part of the reason why the Jets won yesterday. But the other part was the fact that Nick Chubb didn't go down with less than a minute left or or two less than two minutes left. The Jets having no timeouts at all. He scored a touchdown. He's just doing what he does. But anyway, we're going to react to that. I'm going to bring in my special guest, Dan Goldstein. He was my former co-host at at uh, downtown Jets. And we're going to talk about yesterday's game. So before we do that, Just want to remind you about our social media channels, which are right here TikTok, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, TikTok at no creds req, facebook.com forward slash no creds req, YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. That helps us with the algorithm and whatnot. Leave an algorithmic engagement comment so that way more people know about this. The more people know about no credentials required. And if you're watching on YouTube, again, give it a like, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. That way you know that I am live or I've uploaded a video like last week's. uh, Can I borrow a predator video on the podcast side? If you're listening on the podcast side, thank you very much for listening. Our home base is Spreaker, but you can also find no corrections required on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Podchaser, uh, wherever you podcast, that's where you'll find us. And if you will be so kind, rate, rate it. Five stars is preferred. The five stars is the preferred rating for this podcast. Because that way people know that this podcast exists and leave a review. I might even read it on the air. Last week, I read some German. That was kind of fun. This week, I don't have anything. But we're going to bring our special guest in. And this is going to be again my special guest, my former co host at Downtown Jets. I have Dan Goldstein from South Florida, Dan the sports fan Dan from South Florida. Are you sporting a uh, is that is that is this, that in your in your head, is your lap? Or are you just happy to this see, is, be online? This is this is, <laughs> this is my can you hear me by the by the I way? Can hear you, yeah, yeah, okay, good, cool, cool.
1: This is my this is my new kitty. This is Princess. We've had her a month. Oh. Oh, she was one of my uh, one of my clients office kitties and they were selling the business and they couldn't keep her around for the new owners and okay. every time I went to go visit them I pretty much cuddled the princess for about 45 minutes every time so they called me and they're like you want the cat and I was like I got two what's three let's let's make it happen so <laughs> she's now my third kitty and she loves belly rubs and I can bury my face in her belly and it's luscious and I love her She'll and she probably also loves. Us and
3: she also loves the New York Jets. She does. She does. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir.
1: Well, it's good to see All you right. again, brother. You're looking good. as luscious as ever.
3: Oh, thanks. I'm actually, I'm actually down uh, thirty five pounds since December. Hell yeah! My God, That's awesome. I'm up probably fifteen. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Hey, that's a nice that's that's a nice food I got there right there, bro. Dad, dad bought in full effect, bro. Dad and we, and we bod got in co- full effect. We got it. We got a comment already from my buddy uh, Brian Snow. Snowman <laughs> in the morning every weekday at eight o'clock Eastern Time. He says, "Hey, hey," and he picked the Jets. Smart Good man. on you, Snowman. No, Smart no man. receipts. Absolutely, no receipts this time around, Snowman. But for everybody else on that panel who picked the Browns this weekend, I'm clicking receipts. <laughs> All <laughs> just day. like, just like Robert Sala. Hey, said, so "Snowman, snowman in the morning." We coming to Belly Up Sports soon. Awesome, yes, very, very keep bell- cool. Keep Belly Up growing, man. Love it, love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We got some big ca- things coming down the road. Also with uh, Godzilla Media up in the uh, five one eight area, which is uh, my region of the of the country. Uh, we got some pretty big things coming down the road too. So, before we get into the game. I want to take y'all back to last week when I said some things about the biggest disappointment of week one with my co-host, my new co-host, Dustin. And I have so I have a punishment for myself. So, uh, so oh, yeah, yeah we as Now we, we, we networks as possible. So, all right. So let me go ahead and share what I said last week and uh, we'll, we'll dig into it. Here we go. Well, my biggest disappointment was my new york jets and oh my gosh i i I saved myself some sanity and holes in the wall uh by not watching the game live Uh, i waited until sunday night to and i I mean the holes in the wall not really because um i don't want instead of doing this podcast if i actually did that i would be uh, playing the holes in the wall right now. Um, but watching this game, you know, I, I, I there were so many things that were just so confusing about this game because we were, we, as Jets fans, we ha- were sold a lot of hope during the postseason between free agency, the draft, all this hype, all this noise from one Jets drive in Florham Park. And what happened? It was a flop. It was a giant flop. The one part of the Jets I was excited to watch was their offensive line. Their offensive line was skating all game The Ravens' defensive line was in not only his kitchen, they were also in his living room. They were also in his. I'm bedroom, gonna say Joe Flacco. I'm not sure they were in out. his bathroom. <laughs> they were in his study. Hell, they were in his backyard <laughs> to the tune of. At one point. I think the Jets, in the fourth quarter, they must have passed the ball 20 (sighs) consecutive times. Because I looked at the stat line, and Joe Burrow had – not Joe Burrow, Jer Flacco had 59 passing attempts. 59 passing (laughs) attempts. Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, 59 passing attempts to 17 rushing attempts. And the Jets were rushing the ball really well in the first quarter. What, and, and here's the thing that kind of me, killed me the most. Joe Flacco had the nerve to say, oh, in the fourth quarter, we were oh, the rest of us, they weren't jogging to the line. They're looking lackadaisical. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I'd be lackadaisical too if every single, sing- call, every single signal coming from the booth of Mike LaFleur is, all right, pass pattern, all right, passing play. Yeah. Passing play. Passing play. I understand you're behind, but you don't need to throw the ball 59 times, no. especially when your offense is predicated on a zone coverage run. This yeah. was Joe Flacco's final stats. Zone rides. 59, 307 yards. <laughs> if he that threw from more than one touchdown, it would be very yeah. impressive. <laughs> he threw for one touchdown. And, you know, I. I this offense need to do something, and Joe and and, and in yes this in yesterday's uh, presser, uh, Robert Coach Robert saw had the nerve to say, "I've got receipts. know, don't be talking crap about oh, us. I yeah. have receipts. Yeah, win a game, win yeah. a game in September." When a game in October, just literally like what everybody don't said. Don't tell me you I have receipts do. because like, we're your you're writing bad things about we're, saying or saying we're writing bad things about When you're not like, winning a game hear the word in receipts,
2: September. Win you know when win the last damn time games. the That's just won a game
3: in September? Week one in 2018, the quarterback was <clears> Sam Darnold <clears> before <throat> he turned to glass. So, uh, and, and and it's any wonder that this franchise, the, the, the fan base of this franchise, when we seem to not be – when. All else goes wrong, we go after each other. There's a reason why this fan base is toxic. is because we haven't had a great team. We haven't had a good team in over a decade. Yeah. And week I, you know, we talk about overreactions you know, in week one, Dustin. But 2015, I'm this game standing. was just this. <laughs> I, 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 I there's just so much hidden rage that I had to get out. Obviously. <laughs> well. But we're glad but, that but, you but, could. But, get- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can only be a fan of a team for so long without people busting your chops or saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry, you're a Jets fan," yeah. or having to hear the constant jokes of being the butt of having your team being the butt of jokes and every Not single. South Florida, uh, bro. I get it from everywhere. Big media affiliation. Yep. I mean, yes, even yesterday, I'm surrounded you know, by Manning assholes. during the Manning cast says, "Oh, the, the New York Jets, Jets 59 times. How'd that work out for him?" Shut up, Peyton. Yeah. But. You can only take this kind of thing for so – not I won't say abuse, but you can't. You, you can only take this disappointment, yeah. and yeah. for so long before you're before you're ready to move on to another team. So, yeah, yeah. I, I have a few friends that are Jets fans. I mean, um, you and Scott are the main ones, mm-hmm. but it—I feel for you um, because I know what it. I know what it was like to seem like that. You're. All right, so I had a lot of things to say, and well, this week I was this close.
1: I was this I was this damn ready to have about that much to say, and then the last one fifty five happened, mm-hmm. and nothing but good things. Nothing and but
3: good things. Now,
1: I tell you, I've never enjoyed drinking salty tears so much. I only wish it was a division opponent. I wish it was Miami. I kind of hope the same thing happens in week five and the end of the year to Miami. Yeah. I really only don't.
3: three more weeks. Only three said, more weeks. God
1: I, ah, I would love for, I would love I mean, obviously I'd love to kick their ass, but yes. I mean if we're gonna win, I would love for it to be like that. I would I I might take the entire week off of work and I might go in public everywhere I think possible where a lot of Dolphins fans will go and just absolutely just ride their asses all week long. <laughs>
3: I I know at least one contributor at at Belly Up Media who I will be talking so much smack to the entire week long. It'll be glorious. (laughs) I mean, you know. But first, but first, I beat the Bengals.
1: Did it last year. They're not quite as good this year. Mm -hmm. I don't see any reason why we can't. We're riding the highest of highs right now. Let's let's now and now we've, we've we've done the impossible. We won in September. Now let's build on consistency.
3: Yes, I agree. And you know, I felt like I felt the best I felt the most glad for yesterday was Joe Douglas because he's been hearing this crap for three seasons and in the three. Well, I'd say two and a half seasons. He's been general manager of this club. He's had to hear. Oh, they don't win in September. They don't win in September at all. It's been four years since they've won in September. When is it going to happen? Well, guess what? It happened. It happened yesterday in the most yeah. unbelievable fashion. And nothing could stop. Nothing could Nothing could bring me down to yesterday at about 4, 15 p.m. And nothing has brought me down today because I know it's Victory Monday. And the New York Jets are in the winning column for the first time in September since week one of 2018
1: bro it is victory monday in a september haven't been able to say that in four years and it's just been amazing i mean i've I've been drive, you know. I drive all around a lot for work, so I throw on a yep. lot of podcasts or like mm-hmm. I'll I'll put on YouTube, but I'll I'll let it sit and chill. Like obviously, I'm not watching while I'm driving, so relax.
3: But good for you, good for you. You
1: know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll let I'll let YouTube play out, and oh my god, some of the videos I've watched, I've I've been do- I've been loving watching the Browns fans' reactions. It's hysterical. Oh my goodness! I gotta got send you a couple. They're they're classic. It's fantastic. What?
3: Well, they deserve the loss in two ways. The first one being painting an elf at your fifty-yard line. This is why Notre Dame has never painted a leprechaun at their fifty-yard line because they know they lose every single game. They painted <laughs> the leprechaun at the fifty-yard line, so you don't paint an elf at your fifty-yard line. I'm pretty sure that's going to be washed away by the time next week comes or the next when the next home game is. You number so? two, number two for I think so. But number two, all those, all those fans are. are so-called fans who were, you know, doing the whole trying to trying to be funny with the whole Deshaun Watson thing—gross oh. beyond belief. Ah, oh, absolute no. scumbags, scumbags you, on scumbags. You're, yeah, your fan base—if you're a fan of that fan base—you should be shaming those people.
1: Today, you are almost—you're almost as bad as Dolphins fans. You're you're very close. <laughs> you're right on Dolphins fans levels. You're right. You're
3: there. almost as bad. you as bad as, as as one of those Raider fans who allegedly allegedly slapped Kyler Murray yesterday coming out from uh, Legion Stadium. I don't know if you oh, heard really? about that.
1: I didn't. No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see that.
3: Yeah. I, I so, haven't been
1: on like Roto World or like Twitter beyond actual just Jets. Yeah, stuff,
3: I saw. So, uh, I, I saw it. On, I saw it on OutKick briefly, but um, really? somebody, uh, just in passing. But it, it was. I, I saw a photo of it, and somebody it looked like somebody slapped or tried to slap Kyler Murray uh, going into the visiting tunnel at, at Legion <sighs> Stadium yesterday.
1: I mean he ain't the biggest guy, but he's got some he's got some boys that will probably mess your day up. So I probably wouldn't yeah. do that.
3: Also, I, I'm not I'm not, i wouldn't pass put it past the Raiders fan and do that. But if you're gonna slap anybody, slap your own team because your team blew a 16 a 20 point lead again. Yeah, yesterday, was, yesterday was wild, man. Oh my yeah. god. Yesterday was wild. Yesterday was crazy. That and was Atlanta! Atlanta almost completed a 28 comeback from 28-3 down. The irony. This utter and against the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champs too, which would have been excellent.
1: Oh man, that would have been that would have been something else, man. Yeah, that yesterday was yesterday was insane. I hadn't seen that, but yeah, I guess I like I said, today today has just been so sweet, and I've just been just bathing in salty tears and jets and jets glitter, Mm. and uh, it's just been wonderful. And it's just been a wonderful day. Uh, Work was nice and chill, so it's just been. From the time I woke up to the till right now, getting to talk to you, brother. I mean, it was just, it's just been, been highs on highs, bro. And I'm loving every second of it. And I want this feeling to continue.
3: Yeah. It was Victory Monday at work. I expressed it to everyone who I was working with today. I said, Today's Victory Monday. Don't, don't bring any bad vibes. This is all good vibes today, especially because, because what happened yesterday, the first time since 2009 that the Jets, Giants, Yankees, and Mets all won on the same day in September. First time since two thousand nine.
1: That's crazy. I think it was the first time since like two thousand eleven too that the Jets, Jags, and Lions all won on the same yep. day as well. Yep. So
3: it was a whole lot of whole day. lot of
1: craziness went down yesterday, brother. It was a good day. I don't know. Oh my goodness. Well have you know what happened. My it- wife. I'd have to ask my wife, maybe Mercury's in retrograde or some shit. I don't know. She could <laughs> she could tell us what the planets had to do with it. You know, that's her that's what she nothing. knows about. So nothing,
3: nothing. You know, yeah, absolutely, I don't not think according to her, bro.
1: Not according to her, bro. Trust me, the planets had something to do with that. I'm telling you.
3: Yeah, it could be. But you know what happened in 2009? 2009, the Jets went to the AFC Championship. Damn right. And B, Yankees won the World Series.
1: I stopped watching baseball after Slugfest Sosa, McGuire. That was the last year I ever watched baseball. I can't. I couldn't tell you who's doing what. Apparently, apparently, Aaron Judge is really good. I don't even yes, know what he position is. he plays in the Yankees. I know he's on oh, the Yankees. All right, cool. There you go. So I, did, I did. I'm, I'm over baseball. <laughs> and, and, he's,
3: and he's and he's three three home runs away from breaking Roger Maris's franchise single season record for home runs. Oh no. Oh yeah. How many more
1: games are left in the season?
3: Eleven Remembered September.
1: So it can't be much.
3: No, there's only there's only eleven left. They played the Pirates twice, the Red Sox four more times, the Blue Jays and the Orioles. I think any he of those really good. With, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Pirates are bad. The Red Sox are execrable this year. The Blue Jays are pretty good, and Baltimore is actually better than people thought. I think they're holding really? one of the wild card spots right now.
1: It sounds like he has a chance. I mean, just for the sake of history, I hope he does it. Just because that would be cool as hell to do. Yes, but absolutely. Will I be watching? And, no.
3: Well, not only that, but he can also win the triple crown.
1: <sighs> oh yeah, so he's, ball- so he's balling out this year, apparently, huh? Yeah. Well, it's the, a, it's, the where's, last, where's, it's the last. Where's the year? Asian? Where's the Asian switch hitting? S- like pitcher guy what's he what's he uh, doing
3: showy otani he's there doing pretty well it's right now it's between them it's, it's between the both of them for the uh major league uh, for the uh al mvp i think judge is gonna win it if he wins the whole if he wins the triple crown uh but uh right now you know Yankees are in first place it's okay um but i'll take it uh, but we have bigger things to discuss dan and that's True. The bigger things. I can't, are... I can't
1: give much in a baseball conversation. You about, I forgot about everything I had. So yeah, let's, <laughs> let's move
3: forward. Let's move forward and talk about our New York <laughs> jets. Let's let me get your base reaction of just what were, what were you doing with what one of one fifty five mark of the game of the fourth quarter, Nick Chubb scores a touchdown. What's your thoughts? Did you, did you were you ready to turn the game off? Or were you just saying, no? Oh, we've got a chance. We have sort of a chance here. But what's your thought process at 155 of the fourth quarter after Nick John? I literally,
1: I, I, I was listening. I, w- I watched some videos on from greenie today and uh, with mm-hmm. Rex Ryan and I did the exact same thing greenie did where I looked at uh, actually I was by myself with my cat. So I looked at with my, to my cat and I was like, they just screwed up because there's no one else to talk to at the time. So I was like, right. Oh. Mm-hmm. They uh, I was like, well, but I don't know why he put it in the end zone. Like he should have stopped at the two and now and right. just and been done. Like I don't. I was like that was silly. I'm like, is it gonna matter? Maybe not. But, I mean, that's just crazy. And then he misses the extra point, and you're yeah. again, you're just kind of like the wheels are turning. You're like, well, that makes things a little bit more interesting. But we still got to score two touchdowns, mm-hmm. you know, in a minute fifty five. Right. And then you gotta
3: recover the onside kick too.
1: Right, on top of it. Correct. Yeah, correct. So okay. I mean there's a whole process that needs to happen here. And you know, I didn't know at the time it was ninety-nine point nine percent probability the Browns are gonna win, but I figured it was probably damn close to <laughs> almost improbable that the Jets could actually pull this off. And then excuse me, and then I had later on Connor Hughes had uh put up a um, a little thread about how they set up the Corey Davis play. So yep. apparently that was about the third or fourth time they ran almost that identical play from that formation. But what they were doing was they were sending Elijah Moore up on deep out routes. And he was yep. toasting he was toasting whoever he was on. You saw the one big catch towards the sideline on it. There was another one where Flacco missed on the throw. Um but I mean that was route was working like crazy was well, just the up and the outs towards the sideline. So yeah. the play before the bomb, they went for that and Flacco missed. Like you saw the um, the um, the what was it? I think incompletion. I think I think it was an it was an incompletion out towards in that way. I'd have to watch it again. But he yeah. they tried to the play the play before and it didn't work. It missed, and then they ran it the exact way. But instead of Elijah, they gave that route to Corey. But since Corey went over this way, you see Denzel Ward step back. And get ready to attack the sideline. And he just let Corey Davis go right by him. And it was like literally a perfect setup. Because that was about the fourth time they ran that exact same play from that exact same formation. But this time they did that little switch instead of going to the out. Take it upfield. And Denzel Ward just. I mean, I, either he overthought it or he didn't realize the coverage. And maybe the safety didn't follow. I mean, we truly won't know because we're not in the Browns locker room. But we can only assume that Denzel Ward was thinking a little too much about just trying to protect the sideline, kind of forgot right. that like the end zone's back there.
3: Yep. And it was
1: amazing.
3: Yeah. I'm looking <sighs> at the thread right now. And what happened was that they got uh Conklin on 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 this is the play this is a touch this is a a play but the play before the touchdown, uh before mm-hmm. Corey Davis's touchdown. And what happened was that they uh they went to the flat. Oh, that's right. With he could have went
1: for it, but Joe Flacco went a little early and just dumped off the Conklin right. for a Conklin for a shorter game. Cause he, yep. he didn't hold it long enough to try and hit Elijah who was open.
3: Right. If the timing the was next right, play, if the timing yep, and, was right,
1: then he would have been yeah, open.
3: And, and on the very next play, it went up hitting it. It went up hitting yeah. that touchdown. So it's, it was, it's a great thread. If you're on Twitter, check out Connor Hughes's thread, Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. He works for SNW, formerly of the athletic he now yep. works for SNY in New York, um, but yeah, that's, that's that touchdown by Corey Davis. You see, it, just a glimmer of hope when Corey Davis scored. I'm like, okay, there's still plenty of time left. I've got, I got the extra point, and now come to the onside kick. And uh, I guess some of the guys, I'm I gonna give a big shout out to, uh, quick shout out to uh, the Scoreboard Addicts podcast. Uh, they talk all Metro New York sports, and a couple weeks ago. They had uh Mike Westhoff, who was a longtime uh New York Jets uh special teams coach. And I guess they were at an they were at an event or they one of the guys had him at, had Coach Westhoff at his house. And he they actually had the opportunity to watch him draw up the onside kick, what they did, <laughs> which was Sweet. which is pretty special. I'm actually reading his book right now, uh figure it out. Yeah, I'm I'm just uh I'm going to try to get him on the podcast and actually after I read him about half a little less than halfway through right now it's a long read it's about 400 pages but it goes through the entirety of his life and his battle with cancer and his uh how he got into coaching and he's so it's, it's, it's a wild. he's got some wild stories in there too so
1: I imagine uh, talking shit about Tanny
3: oh I'm sure he did oh he,
1: he talked a little I imagine bit yeah, there's absolutely. quite a bit of shit talking about Tannenbaum it was very yeah, just a little uh, very bit. clear towards the end of uh Tannenbaum's reign that they were not on good terms.
3: <laughs> no, but but he said, but he does. He did say that throughout the uh, throughout uh, the book, he said the New York Jets were a top notch, world class organization, and the Johnsons treated him really, really well. So, but anyway, so getting back to the game, so we got our special teams, and man is in there now. Man had been absolutely put on the cross, crucified three, four times last week for his performance, which was deserved. Which honestly, left, which was, was deserved, deserved, left a lot to be desired for sure. But on this day, he came up with probably the biggest play of the Jets' young season with that onside kick. And I two also want to really? give two of them. I mean, yeah, with the, with the also the, with the, the, the one
1: fake punt too. I mean, you know, yep, you got to give him some fake, credit. He came, the, he came ready to uh, to he chose violence, and I and I love it.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think the fact that uh, Brent Boyer decided to go for uh, fourth and one, that fake punt, was a beautiful play. But even more special was that onside kick. And I got to say that the hero of the day, we you know—we talk about, I, I've said it on Twitter a couple of times today and yesterday, talk about Garrett Wilson, we'll talk about him in just a moment. But one of the unsung heroes of the day is Will Parks. Because if you go back and watch that onside kick, if he doesn't bat that ball away from the sideline, either the ball goes out of bounds or Amari Cooper is right there to scoop it up. Browns can kneel a couple times, fit a complete game is over, but parks bats it out of the way, bats it in bounds, keeps it in bounds. And it's a free for all. And I can't remember who recovered the onside kick, but Hardy. it was Hardy. Okay. I I I thought it was Hardy who, who bad the ball and, uh, Parks, who picked up the recovered the ball, but it was the other way around, so just flip it. Was flipping. But yeah, yep. Will will Parks, you, you got to give him a ton of credit for that play for that onside kick. It was a great way, it's a great way to draw it up. You you, you have fake Brain Man fakes going right, he winds up going left, and the way the, you see the way the ball was positioned flat, not
1: yeah. It, was yeah, positioned I saw it. I noticed Horizontally,
3: that not vertically. Position <laughs> horizontally, so it gets that little, nice little roll and little bounce, just enough for Parks to just bat it away. Hardy recovers, and I don't know if you saw the reaction from some of the guys in the sideline. Elijah Moore, he's just like, "Yep, first down Business. us. Let's go on the field. Let's go it. win the game." Garrett Wilson's going crazy because he had that drop uh, before the I job loved, touchdown.
1: I loved both of their reactions. If you want an honest yes. opinion, because I loved, I loved Elijah Moore's like business like it ain't over till it's over like let's get Mm -hmm. it like I love that he didn't I love there was no clapping from him I love that there was no hype it was like yeah that's great still work to be done get it and he put Mm -hmm. out that vibe but then I love Garrett Wilson going berserk over that and you know celebrating like the young rookie he is in a big moment in a in what's been a very good game minus that one drop to this point You know, so I just I I love the fact that they I I love the dichotomy of both of them. Like you can see, like right there, you saw our two essential. You saw our future wide receiver one and two, one A, one B, however you want to put it. You Mm -hmm. saw their approach and you saw that while they're so similar in their skill sets, their mentalities are so different and they can use that to combine just such a super special beautiful duo for the future and it, it it was fantastic i noticed that and i loved it i loved it i loved it i really did i mean it was it's such an underrated thing to 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 notice in that moment but i saw that and i was just like dude i just that was my first thought was yeah. just like man they're they're so similar with their skill sets with their ability to separate their hands you know mo- pretty pretty good have have a little bit of focus drops issues on both of their both of them but mm-hmm. they're both going to be sp- Special, special, yeah. but they're going to bring such different mentalities to the table and the way they're going to get there, and yeah. it's going to be fantastic. It,
3: the best part about it, and I think it was Jake. I think it was Jake Asman who said it yesterday. I watched yesterday's. Uh, uh, oh well, listened to yesterday's uh, show. His reaction show was that if more, if they were concentrating on more, Wilson was getting open. If they're concentrating on Wilson, Moore's getting open. And yeah, uh, it didn't matter who was on him, whether it be Denzel Ward or their their highly touted rookie. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah.
1: It, it, everybody's didn't everybody's eaten. Everybody's eaten. And you know what's crazy? It's like, you know, you go back to the you go back to um the Ravens game as well. Dude, yeah. Elijah Moore was open eighty five percent of his routes. Just yeah. flacco just it just unfortunately for us, Flacco had no time. Flacco just didn't have the ability and focus to laser in on more enough to truly build them up. I mean, if more right, right now, I mean, if Flacco was playing, if Flacco was playing lights out, like let's just say Flacco was lights out, Elijah Moore would have had would probably already almost be over the 20 catch mark and would probably have almost damn near 300 yards. If you were hitting him with how much he's been open and separating. like, yeah, I'm sure he's glad he's won. I got to imagine more slightly bit frustrated at the moment. Maybe I, I don't think he'll ever admit it and maybe know it, but I got to think he knows that he should be stats wise way further ahead than where he is. Yeah. And obviously being that NFL is a statistical analytic numbers based game, you know, a lot of guys aren't going to crunch film and they're not going to go through and see the fact that he's got probably two point two point eight to 3.2 yards of separation it doesn't mm-hmm. matter he's not there theoretically making the plays and i mean that's a damn shame right. but i mean it is what it is at the end of the day you're not going to remember what you could have done you're going to remember what did yep. so there, you um, know i kind of um, feel um, i i feel for elijah a little bit but i'm so happy to see garrett get the opportunity to feast like he did yeah. and show you why the jets thought he was a special talent and the number one wide receiver on the board and how lucky we are to have him and his skill set and abilities In our wide receiver room to be this good for these two to be this good at route running and so early in their career is unbelievable i mean i i don't know like i didn't actually i was too small when i was you know in in the age of playing football i was only i was 6'1 125 pounds like Mm -hmm. i didn't actually start hitting the gym until i was in my mid-20s you know and this just happened after the baby so that's five years in the making yeah. So I didn't get a chance to actually like play football and get it from like a locker room player coach perspective. But I have spent a lot of time learning and understanding the nuances of the game. And I can mm-hmm. tell you flat out, the hardest thing I think for a football player to learn is an accuracy for a quarterback. That's almost can't be taught. You either do it or you can't. Right. Josh Allen be damned. He's the one outlier of it. Yeah. And then, it run. and, like, up, we're and the, then route running the, for a young wide receiver. Yep. like those are probably the two hardest thing, and then maybe you can get it in there with with hip flipping in a cornerback because you got to be fluid as all hell in order to do that smoothly.
3: I, I would, so those are. I probably, would also, I would also argue uh, as a running back waiting for a hole to open too, because if you're not patient and don't I mean, wait for a hole pat- to open,
1: that's patience and vision and all that too. But there's more in play there. I don't know if I would necessarily say that's the hard one of the harder things to do. I think that's just that's, but that that's a skill that can be learned. Yes. like that's yes it's very rare for a quarterback that's not accurate to become accurate it's very rare for a wide receiver who's not good at route running to become good at route running they have to usually alter their game to a different aspect of whether it be size speed strength yards after catchability. you know kind of in, in that area these two guys understanding how to stack cornerbacks and how to c- be able to cut on dimes and how to just it, their fluidity is, is astounding. It's astounding. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I may be a little hyperbolic, you know, hyperbolic when I say, I don't know if it's hyperbolic or hyperbolic. hyperbolic.
3: But, okay. Hyperbolic. Thank
1: you. Hyperbolic. I don't know if I'm going to be hyperbolic a little bit by saying this, but I'm, I'm telling you this right now. I am, I would probably put Garrett Wilson in the top seven in the NFL already, his ability to run routes. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stefan Diggs is obviously better. I mean, Stephon Diggs, is to me, is the cream of the crop in route running in the Steph-
3: NFL. Amari Cooper, same with Amari, Amari Cooper. Cooper. He's, he's Amari a, Cooper was right a up to the Keenan Allen is – I mean, Allen, I yeah.
1: that's his – when, you know, when, when he's healthy. When uh, he's healthy. Jerry Judy is – I mean, I understand Broncos are kind of sucking a little bit. and it's hey, You haven't seen it in full action, but if you can get Jerry Judy going, Jerry Judy's route-running ability is top-notch as well. And then beyond that, I mean, Jamar Chase is an excellent player, but I don't even think he's quite the route-runner he is. He's just got that dynamic ability to just take it and go. You know, plus Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson's right there. I mean, Justin Jefferson's ability at his size especially to cut and stop on a dime, he's probably right up there too. And then obviously Cooper Cup. So, I mean – I, I mean, again, maybe I'm a little ahead of it, but I mean, I study these guys a lot. You know, I'm a big draft guy, so I understand. I, I go through them in the, before the draft, so I have a very good knowledge of what these guys can do. Garrett Wilson was far and away the best route runner of the wide receivers in this class, far and away. And his watching the game film and watching his ability to just play with his cornerbacks, No matter who's on the other side. There was a couple of throws he made Denzel Ward look silly. There was a couple of routes he made Denzel Ward look silly, but Flacco just didn't look his way.
3: I mean, silly. Didn't Denzel Ward say that uh, he he compared Garrett Wilson to Justin Jefferson?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's literally amazing to watch what Garrett Wilson can do. You can see the basketball background, which ability from being a point guard. Like you can see – his his ankles and his knees his flexion and and everything he has his it's it's this human body shouldn't be able to move like that it's wild to me it's wild but i love i love the fact that we get the benefit from it say to get our ass kicked by it you know Mm -hmm. that's the thank you atlanta like i'm you know i'm glad you went for size over over technical because drake london ain't never going to be able to do the things garrett wills is going to do but then again can't teach drake london size so no you can't whatever's clever whatever's clever for your system is what you went with but i am damn glad thus far that garrett wilson has fallen all all the way down to 10 and we hopefully get the benefit for a very long time uh
3: yeah i definitely agree with that so let's getting to the from after the onside kick to the drive the game winning drive and we not only do we have that the not only do the Jets have something special at wide receiver with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, we've got a two-headed duo that's constantly threatening to break big plays in Michael Carter and Brees Hall. And Michael Carter had a great, uh, a, a great catch and run to keep the, to keep the drive alive get, and also get the awareness after he gets the first down to get out of the bounds because there's no there's no timeouts there's no timeouts. And he had that one great play to keep keep the Jets going. Then he had the completion to I think Conklin or Carter again. They get inside the twenty, and then he had that touchdown, uh, Flacco to to Garrett, and -hmm. that was a thing of beauty. That two incompletions
1: and then he he had the two incompletions, and then was able to knock it to
3: Garrett in the middle. Right. That was that, and you you mentioned the route running by Garrett Wilson. That slant was just chef's kiss unbelievable
1: it wasn't a complicated it really wasn't a complicated route when you look at what he did I mean he literally took he went four steps and literally just cut into the middle but he did it so fluidly and fast the linebacker couldn't stay with him in the middle and the safeties couldn't get up high enough quick enough his just his ability to just get there and do what he needs to do is absolutely astounding it's astounding and I mean, yeah, it wasn't an overly complicated route, but his he's just able to do it so fast and smooth that there's you know, and then you put him in from the slot. There's no way a linebacker is going to stay on him as good and coverage as Jay Cleveland. And I was a massive JOK fan. I if the Jets would have taken him in round two last year, would have been thrilled. Um, but. You, you can't there's no way there's not a linebacker in the league that's hanging with Garrett Wilson at this point it was a beautiful it was a beautiful mismatch by LaFleur to you know Garrett's cooking he's got the hot hand you know let's 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 make this let's make this his statement game like let's let Garrett cook let Garrett cook man and they and, and it was a beautiful play design by LaFleur understanding where to set up the mismatch and what to do with it and he broke it. He ran that route perfectly. Just he he made that cut just after he got linebacker and the safeties. And that ball was out at the exact right time by Flacco. The safeties had no chance. It was. It's these kind of things shouldn't happen to the Jets. You know, we're just so we're just so conditioned that this shouldn't happen. That it's just it's it just it's too much to believe that it actually did happen.
3: Yeah, and they go on. They they get the the kick it deep. They they dared the Browns to try to move down the field to get the extra, get the field goal, game-winning field goal. uh, They did last, like they did last week. But man, 2020 picks. Those 2020 picks are. Hopefully, they're starting to get it because Ashton Davis got that interception to seal the win. And there were two guys I I couldn't feel happy for, couldn't be be happier for. I mean, uh, three guys other than Joe Douglas were Braden Mann and Ashton Davis. This 2020 class, the much maligned 2020 class, contributing to that this this huge win, this huge comeback win, and I was happy. I was super happy for those guys. It was was fantastic.
1: I mean, how efficient is Ashton Davis? I mean, he's got a 100 interception rate when he plays. I mean, how do you beat (laughs) that? That's crazy. How do you You beat that? that. Put this man on the field all the time. Put this man on the field all the time. He should be getting interceptions I mean at that efficiency rate, he should be getting interceptions maybe every a third pass that comes his way. I mean, keep it up. Keep it up. But in all seriousness, I mean, Ashton Davis, I mean, he's he's backup at best. You, you can't you can't really teach instincts and he doesn't have the instincts. He doesn't have the angle, the ability to 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 read angles. And play angles. So, I mean, he is what he is. You you make him a special teams demon, you know, a third safety rotated in to handle the deep center with his speed. And, you know, hopefully it it, it clicks a little bit more. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, unfortunately, a little bit, I'm I'm moving out like the Ashton Davis will ever be like a starter quality kind of player. Like, Mm -hmm. I do think that he's going to settle in as a high end reserve in in the safety room. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if he'll, I mean, I don't know if he'll get a second contract. I mean, I guess this season and next will determine, Right. but you know, it's, it's entirely possible. I mean, but it was great for him to see, it was great for him to make the play. You know, that's, that's awesome that he, you know, he, he gets that kind of memory and he he can always say he did that. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, excellent. I mean, that 2020 class is rough rough luckily jd knocked Mm -hmm. it out of the park in 21 and certainly looks to be 22 yep so you know he's been able to kind of make up for it but man can you imagine how much better this team would be if 2020 was actually decent i mean there's literally not a single high-end contributor anymore because becton can't stay on the field over over two years you know mims doesn't fit into the system denzel mims is a is a weekly healthy scratch ashton davis is again your third or fourth safety off off the bench here playing one snap in two games and all his special team snaps, Lamichael Pirine off the team, James Morgan off the team, Cameron Clark medically retired yeah, and was probably settling in as a as a low end backup at best at that point. Bryce Hall went from starter, you know, okay starter, okay to a little bit better than okay starter to now daily, you know, top, top corner reserve, but he was inactive last week, you know, and then it's just rough, man. It's just rough.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Tom's Hopefully
1: things off the bench, Sherwood off the bench. So yeah, 2020, unfortunately, hasn't, hasn't yielded any starters has, or hasn't yielded any consistent starters. I mean, I guess, the, I guess Jerry's still out on Beckton on what he can do. Yeah. But well, other than that, I don't see, I don't see any other real major contributions really coming from anybody no. who knows? maybe sure no. or are team could turn it on year three and turn it into something. Be nice to not have to go out and pluck another Quan Alexander because your young rookie is ready to take over that role. Yeah, and or, and, or deal with Quincy Williams, just complete lack of ability to 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 pass cover anything.
3: Yeah, and, his run and,
1: defense is excellent. His pass coverage is atrociously bad.
3: Yeah, and, and you you hope that these these low level you know these late draft picks can contribute to the team somehow as a reserve or or situational – as a situational reserve or just be part of depth or be special teams. Right. I mean, at at this point now,
1: it's all you can ask for. I mean, it's it's a lot to ask of a fifth or sixth round pick or fourth, fifth, sixth round, day three pick to actually come in and be a meaningful starter. The fact that they can even get on the field for meaningful snaps is just a – it's just an achievement in their own ability in itself. You know? So, I don't know. I'm kind of upset Bryce Huff has become a – has been a weekly inactive –
3: yeah, I I think he could, could turn yeah I think he could have turned into something special on the on edge spe- and on edge on the edge.
1: But yeah, you know, as a as a third down DPR, that like, dude's a monster. His pass rush his pass rush win rate is damn near the top of the league. Yeah. Like it 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 even was last year in his limited snaps he got the play. I mean his pass rush win rate was amazing, but. he just doesn't understand the run defense edge setting aspect of it, or maybe he's just not strong enough in his abilities to do it. So, I mean, it'd be great to have him just crushing off the edge uh, with Carl Lawson because he does it so well. But I mean, I guess the, you know, the edge rotation so deep, somebody has to sit. So, I mean, yep. who's it going to be? Is it going to be Clemens? Is it, you know, is it going to be Huff? I mean, at this point, at this point, they want Clemens to take the snaps over. They want Huff. So, I mean, we got to trust Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich in this decision that they know what they're doing.
3: Yep, yep. And uh, speaking of drives, Dan, I gotta, I gotta sell out for just a moment here. So, I gotta do a quick ad read for make your make your money, bro. Oh, I'm making, I'm making, I'm making, I'm making this money on this. Uh, this is a special broadcast. is brought to you by one of our. Partners at Godzilla Media at Mohawk Honda in Glenville, they want to buy your car. And just like that, it's fall. Well, at least in New York, it is. Florida, you got to wait a while. Or it's never <coughs> fallen in Florida. So, South, South Florida, crisp morning air, pumpkin muffins, beautiful foliage. That's just, like, just like that, it's fall. Seasons may change, but one constant is the is buying, buying experience at Mohawk Honda, where you are greeted with a smile and treated with respect. The new inventory is ramping up, too, with pilots, passports, and ridgelines. Remember, this is the best time ever to sell your vehicle. We buy cars, and in some cases, you may be able to sell it for more than you paid for it. Just another advantage you get from the number one dealer in the capital region, Mighty 518. General Manager Greg Johnson and his team of sales associates are always available to help you in your buying process. That includes my guy, Easy evans who got me into a 2016 honda hrv and big news scott Moynihan is back at mohawk honda and brings his 30 years of automotive experience with him stop in and welcome scott home yes the seasons change but at mohawk honda on freeman's bridge road in scotia we always go out of our way to please you so final thoughts dan before i get to my uh exercise and self-flagellation with some hard seltzer here uh i want to Laud the the offensive line play for the New York Jets last week was rough. First half of this past week was rough. Letting Miles Garrett to get to Joe Flacco a couple times, one time completely untouched. But I gotta hand it to the guy, hand to Michael LaFleur, guy hand it to the offensive line coach, guy hand it to the offensive line in general for holding, uh, for holding that offensive line. To, uh, that defensive line of the Browns to no sacks in the fourth and the third and fourth quarter limited hurries on Joe Flacco gave him plenty of time to to throw uh, Max Mitchell especially on that right side uh, he he's I, I'm thinking he's a quick learner because he got he had a rough last he had he did okay last week had a rough go at in the first half against Miles Garrett but in the second half man he 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 Turned it on, and he, he, his amnesia, his play amnesia became prevalent, especially on a bad play. And that O line, they did their job, uh, la- uh last night or yesterday in, uh, against the Browns.
1: So, Max Mitchell is a fourth round rookie.
3: Yep, He was
1: by PFF grade. And again, I've, I've said it before on this show with you. PFF is certainly not an end-all, be-all, but at this point, I'm going to use it to my advantage. Hmm. He was the number one graded tackle in college football last year. His technicality, his technicality, and his footwork is—he is not yet at the ability where he's strong enough to handle these power bull rusher guys. He's not there yet. He was not supposed to be playing this year. This was supposed to be a damn near weekly inactive or. You know, deep reserve kind of thing. But then obviously Beckton goes down and then Dwayne Brown goes down. Of course, Dwayne oh. Brown, who never misses a freaking game, gets hurt in the offseason, has to go on short term IR. I mean, that's just. And, that's dur- not and during Jets, practice, the week before is. the game,
3: if during the practice, Jets, week one. That's the Jets. Jets. Like,
1: if, if that is not Jets, I don't know what it is. It's astounding. But so he ultimately has to come in anyways. And while he hasn't been elite, he hasn't been a revelation, he has been more than expected for a fourth round rookie with strength issues than Mm -hmm. what it is. Now, again, he is not a game record. It's not, not where he's at at the moment, but it's he's, he's playing, he's playing average tackle football, which is way more than you could ask of most fourth round rookie offensive tackles like way more. So the fact that he's giving us this already two short games into his career it just means that if he can stay on his path with the strength and conditioning that Sala and the coaching staff and the offensive line coach and the strength and conditioning team has put in place for him, and a nutritionist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. with his technical aspect and abilities between his footwork, his hand placement, his timing, his, his all of it is all of it is phenomenal. He has the ability to truly grow by probably year three into into a high-end right tackle he's not going to be a left tackle it can't he's, he doesn't have the skill set for it it doesn't yep. he doesn't have it he doesn't have the skill set to go from the left side he has to stay on the right but i mean that's that's okay because god forbid i mean how this coaching staff i mean we'll talk about this later on in in the uh in in the season i'm sure but yeah we'll have to see how the coaching staff truly feels about Beckton being off two years it is entirely possible that lt is number one on the jets board going into next season it's very possible you know they may just have to cut bait on becton trade him for what you know while his you'll trade him for whatever day three pick you can get and bring in somebody new then just kind of start fresh there but now you have max mitchell to roll in the reins and dwayne brown is theoretically on a two-year contract so if you want to keep dwayne brown around You can use him as your placeholder while your first round LT gets his work in, or Mitchell goes back to the bench and there's some sort of swap with your new, you know, again, conversations for later, but it is something I'm already thinking about that I feel like already left tackles probably are top going, going down the road, unless Zach Wilson utterly shits the bed when he, when he makes his return yeah that's 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 what i see but max mitchell again so to go back on topic max mitchell again being an average tackle is phenomenal because you cannot ask for more
3: i'll take average below before below average again
1: you gotta go back to a fourth round rookie like he's a fourth round rookie he's he's
3: listed he's listed at six six two ninety nine so he's a he's a he's a biscuit shade of three hundred so if you could maybe over the next year or two, you want him put on 10, you, put on ten six, more six, pounds, six, work on his footwork. At 6'6", six, six, you
1: ideally want him at probably around 315. For a nimble yeah. right tackle, you would to get him a little bit more brute in the run game. And strength, you probably want him to pack on 15 to 20 pounds. You want him in between that 315, 320 range as a nimble, technical right tackle. He's not going to be that mauler, but he's going to beat you so well because his form and his technical ability – Will be flawless because he doesn't have yeah. to do too much work on that he just has to work on it as he gets stronger and adapt to the additional mass he needs to put on mm-hmm. so it's something that can be done you know it's not it's not that big of a deal he's just got to put in the work and it certainly looks like he's yep. ready to do it yep elijah vera tucker has been a revelation While he needs to continue to work on his pass protection, which we knew was kind of the weak point of his game a little bit. There was some work to be done to make that there. As a run blocker, he is a destroyer of worlds. He has been unbelievable the past two weeks. Granted, it is very difficult when you don't go back and be able to watch too much film to focus on the guards when there's so much other stuff going around yeah. but I try and do my best to to watch what I can of him and every play where I've really focused my attention to Elijah Vera Tucker and it's been a run play he has been dominating there has been nobody to this point that has lined up in front of him that has beaten him yet on a run blocking rep it has not it literally has not happened I would not put it past myself. to see, Again, I don't truly know how PFF scoring works. It would not surprise me to know that right now he's got to be – I mean, I know his pass blocking is rough, so I don't know how much that's going to correlate with his run blocking. I'd have to imagine as a run blocking guard, he's got to be in the top three in the league right now. He has to be. Mm. I mean, I can't watch every play of every game at this point. I'm not paid to do it. someone wants to pay me to do it, I would be my dream job. I'd love nothing more. The only thing I'd want to do more than that is probably be a professional skydiver. But other than that, but other than that, you know, you want to pay me to watch every game and break it down. I would love to absolutely hundred percent, but I, I got it. He's, I can't see how there, there can't be maybe more than one or two other guards at this point that are doing a better job of run blocking and dominating than he has to this point.
3: Yeah. All right. So I know you're going to take pleasure. George in fan
1: and... needs to remember how to play left tackle.
3: That's true, too. Yes,
1: this, is, this is crazy. This is two yeah. weeks in a row now where you're supposed to be back at your natural position. I understand the swapping back and forth. This offseason scene is very frustrating and annoying. I get that. But your predominant skill set is already on the left. You should be struggling like this on the right because your footwork is still a work in progress, kicking off the left. The fact that you're back at your natural position after you spent a cup three, two, three weeks on the right side when Dwayne Brown came into town, it's kind of ridiculous. I, yeah. your, you last year was, you were, I don't know if you were quite elite, but you were a damn near, you were very above average pass blocker. And I don't know what the heck has happened. It's 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 all, he's all been, it's all been forgotten. I don't know if he'd stopped working out in the off season. He lost some strength. I don't know if the frustration of the constant back and forth, back and forth and not getting his contract extension that he's very visibly and publicly been frustrated about is starting to really wear down onto him, but this this cannot continue. If you're a George fan, it can't. Even if it's you're trying to get paid, even if it's not by the Jets, you are still a young guy. You are 30 years old with not a lot of tread on your tires. There's right. still you have six, seven solid more years left because you started so late in life at this position that you should be looking to get paid. This is not the way to do it. This is this is you getting a one year, another one year prove it deal for five and a half million dollars on some average middling team that needs a left tackle, but doesn't have a ton of money. That's where you're at right now. And you need to you need to shape in the F up, brother. You need to shape in the F up. This cannot continue. Zach can handle it a little bit because he's got the athletic ability to scramble around. You can't be doing this to Joe. It's dumb lucky right now that Joe hasn't isn't beat up as much as he has with how bad Fant has been on the left side in his pass blocking sets.
3: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well it's one of my wish my one of my things on my wish list for next week, other than uh, you know, pass blocking on the left side needs to be better and pass rush needs to be a, just a scotch better. But you know, I guess this this uh there's no better indoor, team. There's-
1: there's no better team to exercise your pass rush against the than the Bengals. I mean, yep. if you can't do it against the Bengals, you cannot do it. I mean, it's very, it's just very, it's that simple. Yep. If you can't get, I mean, we should feast on the Bengals. I mean, Quinn oh, and yes. Williams should dominate on the interior against the the whole interior line that they have there. Kappa and uh, Kappa at right guard. I don't even remember who their center is. I can't, I can't recall. He's a, new, he's a new guy. I don't even remember. I looked at the, the, the thing yesterday. It was Jonah Williams. and They're terrible. doesn't matter. There's four out of five new people on the line, no, and they, they're, they're worse than last year, which is hard to do because they were god-awful last year. I There at least better be five sacks next week. At least. Kappa
3: right guard, Ted Karras at center, Cordell Bolson at left guard, Lyle Collins, who not that great yesterday against the Browns or the, against the Cowboys. And he got Jonah Williams at the le- at left tackle. So you also got room. Jonah Williams is a former number 11 round pick that was supposed
1: to out of Alabama. That was toted to be a plug in place, like for set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. You know, he was supposed to be the Ron Swanson oven or whatever the hell that guy was back in the early two thousands was set it and forget it. That was him. That was supposed to be him at left tackle or guard. And, He's not been good. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to know that they move on and have a whole new, a new left tackle next year. They may just, you know, they may decline his his fifth-year option and draft someone else and have a competition at LT and maybe move him inside and get rid of this Volson character who is horrible at left guard. I mean, this has got to be to me. Next week has got to be the Quinnen and Carl Lawson show. I want to see Quinnen and Carl go buzzer absolutely berserk those are the two i really want to see both those guys are trying to live up to their contracts carl already been paid sucks that he got hurt last year and i understand you're coming back from a devastating injury from a pass rusher i am mm-hmm. not asking you to go out and be miles garrett but i am asking you beat jonah williams it should not be too difficult for you to beat jonah williams a couple of times and put that pressure on burrow and quinnon should thoroughly dominate any one of the three on the interior. It really doesn't matter if you play him at zero, one, two, or three tech. It, it just, it doesn't matter. You can play him direct over center, over the center shoulder, over the guard shoulder, or direct over the guard, and he should feast regardless on who he's on. So I need, I honestly, I need to see at least two sacks from Quinnen, and I'd like to see one from one from Lawson, and I want to see our linebackers blitz more. I don't know if you've yeah. noticed this. I don't see the linebackers going for blitzing much if ever through two games thus far, I could be mistaken. Maybe I'm just not catching all the details, but I really have not seen Mosley, Alexander, or Williams go after the quarterback.
0: I've yeah. really seen the Jets do
1: much blitzing. To be honest with you, it looks like it's has been a lot of four-man D-line pressure, and that's yeah. it. They need they and need, they to, bring, still, they need to bring and they need to bring stuff. Too many damn points. They need to bring it. Yeah. Everybody I need, I need to see week. more exotic looks. Like I need to, yeah. I need to see some more stunts. I need to see the linebackers get involved in here. I want to see a Michael Carter blitz from the from the slot. Like I want to see, I want to see some. I want to see Joe Burrow be visibly and thoroughly confused and pissed off. And essentially, I want to see, I want to see the pass rush turn him into a ghost. Like I want to see, I want to see the pass rush turn Burrow into uh, Darnold in the Patriots game. I want him yeah. seeing ghosts because he he just feels pressure that's not even there anymore and he starts making dumb mistakes. That's what I want to see. All right.
3: Well, here it is. My I'm
1: thrilled because, about this by the way.
3: Because I hate myself sometimes. I have no <laughs> I idea have what six oh three
1: a... is. Is that like a New oh, York brand?
3: No, it's New Hampshire. They have excellent All right, beer. So it's it, it is I a regional it it's
1: self. a regional brand. Okay. Gotcha.
3: Yeah, it's a regional brand. I, I picked it out of my parents' uh fridge. Because my, last time my brother was my brother who lives in New Hampshire was here, he brought a bunch of stuff from Six O Three and brought some hard seltzer. This is this is lemon lime aid, and appropriately, it comes in a, a green green not, packaging. So would
1: not would not be my flavor of choice.
3: Well, but it's the only thing they had in the in the kit in the uh, fridge. So what you got? So you you live with what you got. All right,
1: <sighs> chug well, it. J E T S. -S. Yeah, brother. By the way, just so anybody knows before he does this, last year he said that if the Jets win and score over 30, he will pound a hard seltzer for, I believe this is still your first time, right? Like you've never actually drank in one, or you have drank in one, you hated it. Okay. It's like a drink. It
3: was a white claw surge. Gross. Yeah. White
1: class horrible. Yeah. So, okay. That makes perfect sense. So <laughs> I was probing and praying last year that he would do this. And unfortunately the Jets never scored 30 and one, I think these, well, no. that's not true. They did do it against Cincinnati, but I don't think we had, um,
3: there were I no more 30 plus point games where they, something won. like
1: that. I don't know why we didn't do it against Cincinnati because theoretically they did win and score over 30, but, I don't remember, but whatever they happened, almost, whatever did reason,
3: they almost did it against Tennessee. Almost did it against Tennessee.
1: But for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And now he's owning up to this bet that's over a year in the making uh, now. And I, for one, can't be happier to see.
3: Oh, uh, man happy. my word. And here we go.
1: You're a gentleman and a sure <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, Ugh. yeah, that's got to be atrocious. Lemon Lime, though. Um,
3: yeah. No, it's just the fact that it's just so much carbonation.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, flavor's lemon, all right. Lemon Lime, just, it's just so not my flavor. I was never much of a Sprite guy or anything I, like I'm, that. Lemon Lime Gatorade, it's not for me.
3: I'm a big citrus guy, so I do appreciate it. But this is just a lot of carbonation. It's not too bad. It's just, I, I like, like the tropical. flavor. It's give, just, me,
1: give, me, give me watermelon, pineapple, mango. Give me that kind of shit. Watermelon. Lem- lemon Lime is watermelon, not for me. Yeah.
3: If there's a cantaloupe one out there, I may try it, but yeah.
1: I'm allergic to cantaloupe, can't eat it.
3: Oh, that's too bad. My
1: one allergy, I got one food allergy, freaking cantaloupe. Open that throat, open that throat. There you go.
3: That's what she said. Yes, sir. (sighs) All right. So we're going to wrap things up on this very special edition of No Credentials Required. This will be tomorrow's, uh, this will be on podcast form tomorrow morning. If you ever want to listen to it but dan where can the people find you you have about 30 seconds to go ahead and plug any stuff you have or just say i i me. appreciate <laughs> i
1: appreciate the call out i honestly don't really do too much with social media anymore again i've said it before and i've said it again my wife has been begging me to start a youtube channel on football and the jets i literally have no excuses or reason why i haven't done it except for the fact i just haven't done it mm. so uh, eventually one of these days i'll i'll just go ahead and start knocking it out and eventually you can find that and when it does i'll i'll certainly be back on this show whenever you invite me to yep. and i'll plug it then but for now just uh keep rooting jets and um also dj reed is a goat we didn't even get Absolutely. to even talk about him but dj reed so far i know
3: i know we, we, we could talk about him more but um <laughs> I'm DJ reed's a go. it's his, amazing dj reed's awesome i love that guy the,
1: the breath of fresh air he's bringing he's brought to the secondary and the defense in general has been absolutely astounding if he's not a captain next year i don't know who i don't know how you possibly can't call him a captain
0: no it's amazing it's, it's, it's so I,
1: far at this point it's it's amazing it's been amazing yeah. and i love watching it and i'm so happy he's on our team
3: yep i i am as well yeah. all right folks so uh to close the show for with dan goldstein thanks again for being very very willing to be part of the program tonight a special episode so i want to remind you about our social media channels right down here twitter instagram and yes tiktok no creds req i may I, I may actually post the uh the chug on uh tiktok later maybe tomorrow but it's at no creds req facebook.com forward slash no creds req youtube if you're watching on youtube hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell like this video mm-hmm. if you watch on replay i'd appreciate that as well hit the like button same thing on same thing on Twitter, because uh, we're also posting this to Twitter to Twitter. On the podcast side, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Five stars is preferred. If you leave a review, I might even read it on the air. But that's gonna do it for this edition of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Presented by Belly Up Sports, an association, an association in the capital region with Godzilla Media for Dan Goldstein. I, I can't do this. There we go. Dan Goldstein. I'm Ryan McCarthy. Thanks for joining us. Mm. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you on Friday when Dustin's back. So Dustin's out of town next at town tomorrow, so we won't be doing a show tomorrow. However, we are going to broadcast on Friday night. So we'll let you know when that uh, when that show will be. So stay tuned to, to social media. But in the meantime, take care, folks. JETS.
1: I look forward to the next one. Let me know when you want me.
3: Absolutely. J E T S. Jets, 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 Jets. Thanks for Jets. watching, folks. Jets.
2: Music courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up,
1: so we made it our name, and we're still here.